Hey, what's up, bro? What's up, bro? The city of New York, Boricua from the Bronx. So what's going on, man? How you doing? Good, bro. Just, uh, you know, staying busy and in my current job, working from home most as you know, COVID is still out there. So, you know, I'm vaccinated and all that, but you've, you've done, you've done the whole, uh, series already. I actually did the Johnson and Johnson. Oh, okay. One and done. I did it over a month ago. So now, you know, it's in the news and yeah, I <laughs> know kind of freaking out about it, but you were in the military, you know, that we're kind of like, uh, Petri dishes for vaccination. So I've had pretty much every vaccination out there. I'm not too worried about it. I don't think I'm a live to 150. So, <laughs> so I mean, yeah, I wouldn't worry. I wouldn't worry too much. Right. You I'm know? not having kids, so I'm not too worried about that either. So blood clots. That's the thing that they've been, uh, yeah. they've been, they've been talking about blood clots. I mean, that's the one I wanted to do, but, um, it wasn't available. So we're doing the first set next week, you know? So, I mean, it just so happened that this news came out afterwards. So we had already, you know, booked the one and I'm cool with that. Like I, anyway, whatever, man, I didn't, I didn't get to pick. It was target of opportunity. Hey, we have this available. All right. Let me get, cause I don't want to be delayed and prolonging the situation. If I can get the vaccine, I'll get it. And again. None of us is going to live to 120, 130. So, you know, people actually like, do we even want to live to 130? You know what I mean? Be by yourself, man. You know? <laughs> I, yo, yo, since, since you mentioned that though, man, if you could, would you take immortality? Hell no. I'm one, bro, I feel like this is one chapter in our existence. So, not to get super philosophical, but. I think that, you know, you die and you're still in the universe, just in a different form. So I'm not too concerned with being a human forever. <laughs> so, I mean, we're all, we all come from stardust, bro. So regardless, whatever made you is going to be here. It's going to be just in a different form. So, but mm. I'll watch Everybody seems to say no. I have, I don't think anyone. Has ever, I, I can't think of anyone who said yes, except one person. They said with the caveat that they could end it anytime they want to. Yeah. Which, which, you know, you're basically immortal unless you choose to not be anymore. It's kind of what their catch 22 is. I mean, like, I mean, that's how it is with the vampires, right? You know, well, they don't want to mention, bro. You said an interview with a vampire, right? Oh, hell yeah. I have every book. In that series. Well, so I should read the books, but when you look at how lonely the dude is centuries later, because. Yeah, but you know, those guys, man, you know, well, so if you're talking about, uh, interview with the vampire, you're talking about Louis, right? You know, the, the, the series actually primarily focuses on the stat, by the way. So if you only watch the movie, you would think it's got to do with Louis. And when I read the book, it also makes you think it's got to do with Louis. Yeah. But if you continue, the the main the main character is Lestat. Everything revolves around Lestat. Well, that's good to have. Uh, I'll yeah. read it. You know, there's only 24 hours in so <laughs> always competing. Gallery for work, for hobbies, and then there's a long list for that. So 
at some point. Yeah, I'm sure. I'll get to it. Put, put that on your, put that on your to, to read list, man. The whole Vampire Chronicles. And then that's going to take you to the Witch Chronicles. Then that's going to take you to the, um, the single books that have to do with the, that universe. And then that'll take you to the Vampire, uh, I'm sorry, the, the Werewolf Chronicles. And then you can even get into the Jesus Chronicles. All that stuff from, from Anne Rice, man. It's yeah, I'm phenomenal. I'm stuck on a uh, donkey. No, that's what I'm reading. Okay, what it? Really? Yeah. I mean, no, that's a classic. Right? That's considered the first, technically one of the first novels in modern history because it was published in the 1600s. So uh, I don't think a, I ever read that. Yeah. It's good? Yeah, it's good. I mean, it's kind of, I would say it's kind of part of our, our, our Spanish heritage, you know? But mm. the dude is just, he's out there. He thinks he's a knight and everything is like an adventure, a, a, a battle or something. So it's a, it's a crazy book so far. It actually makes me laugh out loud. Yeah. There's some hilarious parts. Awesome. I got to pick that out, man. This dude is hilarious. Is it in Spanish or English? I'm reading the English one because sure, I can read the Spanish, but it's going to be Spanish from that era. So it's not necessarily right. it would be a little hard to. You are near, I'm probably going near a dictionary. <laughs> right. I'll right. Understand some of the words here and there. Even in, in English, is it like translated into just regular English or is it like old English? You know, yeah, right. I mean, there's a few different versions, but the one I tracked down, I got it on Amazon, the Kindle version, mm. and it's more of a modern version. So there's still some words that we don't use today, but there's. For the most part, it's, it's English that's intelligible to us to it's not old English or anything. Right. Right. Cool. I'm going to pick that up. I actually, I, I should read that. I, I mean, I, it, it's, it is a classic and it's got to do with, um, I mean, I don't know what it has to do, but I know the name, right? So Don Quixote, I should probably read the book just to be more, uh, a little more cultured. Well, you know now one of the you know one of the most popular roads from Puerto Rico, Don Quixote, is named after him. It's named after that book. Oh yeah, no, I did not know that. Don Q. So yeah, yeah. it's named after Don Quixote. Oh. So, so it's it's been part of the the Latin American and, and Spanish culture for I think they called me that before because of my chin. <laughs> Don Quixote when I he had a little out of beer. He had like a, a goatee that's why that's where the name comes from i don't he made he gave himself that oh. his his last name his family name is quesada or something like that and then he renamed himself to don quixote of la mancha de la mancha so that's the town that he's he considers himself a knight and he, it's gotta read it. I like the, I love the laugh out loud books, man. The ones that make you laugh, that actually make you laugh. My wife, she gets mad because I fall, I fall asleep to a Kindle. You know, I has the lighting, the background light, and I crack up at the book, and she gets pissed because I wake her up because she's falling asleep. She's like, "What the hell are you laughing at?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, I, I, them are funny like that. There's an author called Carl Hyacin who I've been reading for a while. I have almost all his books. Mm -hmm. His books make me crack up like that. 
I bust out laughing in the train reading those books. People look at you like, oh, yeah, all afraid. Like, stay away from there. Don't rob that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do right there. He crazy. Yeah, let's do the dude you want to rob. Just keep going. Keep moving. Yeah, yeah. Carl Hyacin. Like, I mean, I'm not going to start throwing a bunch of authors at you right now. We could do that shit like over email or something. But yeah. you would definitely, I would encourage you like uh when you know i mean when you make it to it check out the uh uh the vampire chronicles man mm-hmm. you because you have a, a goodreads account i do yeah so i'll just look you up on that because that cool. i usually update whatever i'm reading awesome yeah list yeah. on there yeah i have it on there too i i had i had written a program for tracking my books and um you know uh I kept breaking every time WordPress updated and I, I had to keep recoding it. And then at one point I was like, oh, I'm done with this. And I, I got a good reach account, but I don't like giving it to a third party. I like to kind of keep it on my own stuff. I, you know, my list of my books and stuff, you know, but I they, they have a pretty cool platform and I do, I do have it. And the cool thing is they let you export it if you want to, which is nice. Yeah. If you want to export it and then you can kind of manipulate the data. So that's pretty cool. Definitely. But yeah, the, the, that whole, that it fascinates me, man. I don't even want to get started on that because it's just fascinating, but their immortality is, is not absolute. They can be killed. You know, they can be killed and they can kill themselves. As a matter of fact, Louis tries to kill himself a lot. He fucking gets powerful as fuck. Right. And when you see him in the beginning, he's not that powerful. So who made him, uh, uh, Lestat made him and Lestat had some old blood, but not very old blood, but Lestat continues to become more and more unbelievably powerful to the point where even the son can't kill Louis. You know what I mean? Cause he shares his blood with him, you know, but he's always whining and you know, yeah, he's pissed now. You know what I mean? But it's a great, it's a great story. I'm a big fan, you know? So, so you wouldn't, you if you had like the option to just not die until you chose to die, you wouldn't take it. Staying in your optimal form, right? In your optimal physical form. I'm not talking about aging. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about just your optimal form. And I'll even extend it to you have the power to create other immortals like vampires. Yeah. They have the ability to create others. You still wouldn't, you wouldn't be down with that. I think it, that kind of changes the, the calculus a little bit. I mean, I might, I might do it, uh, maybe test it out. I'm not so sure that I want to be around forever. It's just, there, there's a, there's a lot of stuff I feel like I look forward to not having to deal with like when, when shit is all said and done, because life is great, of course, but at the same time, there's responsibilities and things you got to deal with. And I think immortality would, would have some overhead, you know, there's, there's some stuff you gotta pay for not necessarily with money but there's there's a price there's a price to everything so i think the biggest one is loss yeah exactly loss. you build these connections over time and these people are not necessarily going to be around as long as you so say loss is the biggest one especially like you might say okay i'll take it and then your wife goes i don't want it you know and then 
you know, your, your kid goes, I don't want it. So now you force them and now you got more Louis on your hand because you made them vampires against their will, you know? <laughs> yeah. My wife said the same thing. She says she wouldn't do it. You know, the thing is, just think about it, man. Imagine we were around during the Roman era and, and we live to see today. Think about what's going to come next. That's what saddens me that I won't see what the next iteration is. What's the next thing when one day they're going to look back at us and say, those savages died from COVID those, <laughs> those damn Neanderthals died from cancer. Like, you know, so like, I want to see what comes. I want to be around for, well, imagine, you know, remember when we joined the air force early on, I used to carry, um, CDs. Mm -hmm. And I had a big, uh, a particular luggage just for my CDs today, all of that. And so much more fits in this freaking thing. What's the next one? I want to see it. And, and, and what, what, are, what is it going to look like a thousand years from now? I want to see it. That's why I would take immortality. I want to see it. One of her vampires has been alive since the Roman era. Um, his name is Marius and, um, he, he was kind of seen in the movie, but not enough to fully grasp the guy, but he was around, he was a Roman Senator and he's around today. So imagine I'll take you even back further. Um, the queen Akasha, which I don't know if you, you, you did meet her right in the movie. No, she's in the queen of the dam. Well, the queen was back from the Egyptian era. Looking like back when Cleopatra was around, like the Egyptian era, way, way, way back. I'm, I'm talking thousands of years before that. As a matter of fact, way before Cleopatra. So she is around. Well, I mean, not anymore, but you know what I'm saying? She's around yeah. from that time frame to now. To see all that. I don't know unless the brain has enough. Well, I guess the brain must have enough capacity to store all that knowledge over millennia. You know? You'll forget. You'll forget. I mean, but they're also they now. You know, I'm only in my forties, bro. They don't remember that much shit. Yeah, they do forget, and things fade, and you know. But their brains work differently than ours. I mean, speaking in vampires, of course, you know, because yeah, yeah. they're uh, you know enhanced so much and stuff, but. Oh, uh, it's, it's fascinating. That's, that's my reason. Cause I would just love to see, you know, a thousand years from now, when they look back at us, what are they going to have that they're going to think of us as beasts, you know? Um, and, and that being able to see that would be dope, man. And that, that bums me out. That's why, you know, I would take immortality cause I, you know, out of curiosity. Yeah. Just, just the intellectual in me would just love to see what can we possibly do next? Yeah. What comes next. You know, what is it that's going to ultimately cure cancer? And they're going to look at us like we're these beasts who, who needlessly suffered and died all these years. You know, and we, we may not even need the body as a vessel anymore. You may be able to put it into a, you know, some sort of digital thing, but still be you. Yeah. I mean, this is fascinating, man. It's fascinating to me. <laughs> wishful thinking i mean i'm I'm not gonna be around i'll be dead by then and we'll all be dead but 
you know, maybe we could, maybe we could be around to see one more major transition in, in the world in that sense. We've seen a lot in our, in our lifetimes. We have, I mean, I mean we went, <laughs> you consider everything going back to the, the world trade and right? It, 93 was it 93 when they attacked that and then in 2001 they attacked it here then we got afghanistan iraq you got covid you got SARS, you got <laughs> the technology things that have happened the miniaturization of everything the digitalization of everything like so you know it's funny you bring that up because i know that wasn't we kind of have gone off on a major tangent. I know we weren't we were really talking about like the cops and stuff, but before we, we switch, mm. I was watching on CBS News. There's this guy, I don't know the name of the company. He's the owner of a company that makes superior audio equipment, world class audio equipment, and it uses records because when you digitize music, in order to keep it in small enough to store on, on, on a computer, it loses quality inherently. It's just not going to be as good. So the records of old and the sound systems from the past actually allowed you to perceive the music throughout its range. You can, you could appreciate everything that the performers were, were doing versus when you listen to it on your AirPods or something, it doesn't capture the entire spectrum of what that composer or that musician generated, what they made. So you have more, but the quality is lower. So it's like that battle between quality and quantity. Yeah. So yeah, they, they definitely remove certain highs and that our ears supposedly can't perceive and, you know, the compression and everything. I'm good with that. You know, I just like, I'm perfectly fine with that. Um, I, I, I know that, that a, a true audio file will not be, you know, they'll want to hear it and it's perfect. You know, me that, that doesn't matter to me, you know, like I, you know, I can't barely perceive it. You know, I'm, I'm kind of struggling with it. I think I'm going to probably buy some new music equipment because I really, really love the some music from the seventies, like Afania. Willie Colon, Hector Lavoe, Chil Feliciano, all that. And you know, those dudes, when they performed, they had whole orchestras, right? Every instrument you can think of. And I, I feel like I need to appreciate that music in a way that will do it justice. And my iPhone, I don't think is going to cook when that needs to get justice. So I'm probably going to buy a few of the, the records, the vinyls and, and build up a small collection, nothing crazy, but just some better audio so I can, since I listen to that music all the time. Right. You're a big salsa guy, huh? Yeah. I, I have instruments and you know, not necessarily to dance it. You know, I could dance a bit, but I really like the music, the, 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 the lyricism, you know, cause it's when you, when you see what they're saying, they're talking about life, about the streets. But it's from back in the day before you and I were born, you know? Mm. Pedro Navaja comes to mind when you say yeah, that. That's one of the songs. Immediately comes to mind, you know? Because that's storytelling right there. You know, yeah. that guy's just straight up storytelling. 
You saw most of There's a movie, man. You ever saw the movies? Pedro Navaja, El Hijo de Pedro Navaja, like all these. I gotta look that up. I, I didn't even know there were movies. Word, man. And they're actually pretty good. I mean, I was a kid when I saw them, but I remember one of them was called Pedro Navaja, and then they came out with the sequel, El Hijo de Pedro Navaja. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, oh, Carlito's way. <laughs> Check it out, man. Look it up. Yeah, man. I actually want to watch them again now that I mentioned I completely had forgotten about it. I'll look it up. For sure. I'll look it up. So that, yeah, so, so, I mean, we warmed up pretty good <laughs> for a while, but, uh, you, you've been following the news, you see what's going on, everything that you and I have lived, it's, they're, they're reporting on it as far as the way the police operate and things that affect the certain, the minority demographic more so than anybody else. And did you see that? Army lieutenant that was arrested did. recently. I did. What you talking about? The dude that they pepper sprayed? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, that. Those cops were out of line, man. I, you know, I I don't bash the police, but you have to call them out when you got to call them out. You know, I mean, if if someone's doing something wrong, you got to call them out. And that that guy came. Look, man. Here's the bottom line. You and I. Are civi- well, well, I'm a civilian. <laughs> We're not law enforcement, right? We're not law enforcement. So we're expected to be a certain standard, be a certain way. I feel like if you're in law enforcement, you have to have an elevated standard, particularly when it comes to ego, aggression, um, things of that nature. You know, you can't be a cop who has an ego. So if you tell me, shut up. And I say, no, you're going to beat the crap out of me. You have to have an, an extra level of, of control and discipline. You know, um, if you can't tell the difference between your gun and your taser, some may, right. Right. So some may, right. It's either you're, you're a ridiculously stupid person or you did it intentionally one or the other. Right. There's no in between. So, I mean, this is the day, right? So you, while you were in the military, you didn't get to deploy. Did you say again? You didn't get to deploy while you were in the air force. Did you deploy anywhere? No. Yeah. So, so I've deployed a few times and when you go forward and you carry a weapon, there's what any military member will tell you that's deployed ROE. So rules of engagement. And those rules of engagement dictate when and where you get to use force. Under what conditions you get to use force. So there's the obvious situation with self-defense, right? Usually there's positive identification. You know, make sure that the person is an actual enemy before you take a row. There's rules of the game, basically, ground rules that dictate when you get to use deadly force, when you get to defend yourself, when you get to pull your weapon from the holster and then use it. And with the military, you have the UCMJ, right? The new full code of military justice. So you do something stupid. You go like that one army. I don't know I remember is he left the base in Afghanistan and shot up a village of people. Well, guess what? You go to trial and if you get found guilty, you go to Leavenworth to prison. 
So with the military, there's a process to hold us accountable. With the cops, there's supposedly a process, but they police themselves. So you can file a complaint with internal affairs. You can bring it to the attention of their leadership, yet they get to still do their job. They go on paid vacation and they go, life goes on for them. So that's the issue here. They, from my take is there are a lot of these guys that are now getting caught with body cams and surveillance doing things that are illegal as police. They, they don't realize that they're not in the military. So guess what? You don't, that there should be some ROE just, just like the military. You should you're not in the military, but like you said, you should be held to a higher standard because you're in America. These aren't enemy combatants. These are American citizens that you're supposedly there to protect and serve. Yet they see them as the enemy and they engage them accordingly, which is, which is wrong. Like your initial instinct shouldn't be shoot somebody. That should be the very last resort. You know, and, I, and I've told you about my whole situation with the cops. I mean, I'm glad that they shoot me because they could have. And back in 2008, there weren't any body cams. So it would have been my word had I been killed against theirs. So that guy doesn't have anything to say because you're dead. And then the cops, by default, they... By default, the system rules in their favor all the time, frankly, which you see. I mean, Monday, they're supposed to come out with the George Floyd verdict from the... I'm worried about that because the uh, <clears throat> potential for uh, trouble there is really bad. Uh, it's, you know, uh, I'm, I'm concerned for, for humanity. You know, I'm concerned for humanity on that because, you know, if, if they let these cops go, it's, it's just not going to be a good thing. You know, this, this guy, uh, uh, oh, people are going to lose their minds and rightfully so. Yeah. I mean, how much clearer than, than that do you need to be? You know what I mean? Like, you know, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Look, man, if, if I go. And I accidentally discharge my weapon. Do I get to be like, it was an accident? No, I'm going to go to prison. I'm going to lock, I'm going to get locked up. Let, you know, <clears throat> all right, car accident, right? So you crash into somebody by mistake. Do you get to go home and just, all right, life goes on? No, your insurance is going to have to pay for it. Your rates are going to go up. There's a consequence, even though you didn't mean to do it. Now it's worse if you deliberately committed the infraction, mm. but even if it's an accident, someone has to pay for it. There is a consequence. Yeah, exactly. There is a consequence. And depending on the accident and the results of the accident, that, uh, cost could also include incarceration, you know, yeah. depending around the parameters or around it. So I, I, I understand that the police have a tough job. I understand that. You know, traffic stops are dangerous. I understand all that, but at the same time, if, if you 
I mean, I, I, I'm going to go back to this one because it's the most recent stupid thing. If you can't distinguish between a taser and a handgun, and this person was responsible for training people, if I read correctly. So this was a senior, you know, um, experienced officer. If you can't, de if you can't determine between the two, you, you're definitely negligent and you should be, uh, punished accordingly. I mean, this, this, I can't believe people debate this. So, you know, bro, when, when we deploy, for example, you have your weapon on you, you're supposed to carry it with you on time. You got in the shitter, that gun is on your belt. Or if you wear a light holster, I don't like wearing a light holster. You take a shit, that gun is right with you. If you mistakenly shoot the guy, back in the day, they called it accidental discharge. Well, guess what? The military calls that negligent discharge because you're supposed to maintain positive control of the weapon at all times. And a negligent discharge usually equals Article 15. So you're going to get punched. So there's no such thing as an accidental discharge because if you have a round in the chamber and you know you have a round in the chamber and you're not practicing trigger discipline, well, guess what you just did? That gun went off. The gun isn't a living thing. It doesn't shoot on its own. You did something to cause the gun to shoot. So with the military, we're strict about that. You'll, you'll, you'll get punished if you do something stupid like that. With the cops, it's a mistake. It's like, well, he feared for his life. Really? Because you know, you're taking lives here. You know, it's not like it accidentally discharged a gun. You, you took a gun instead of a taser and you shot somebody dead. You know, like, I mean, what greater cost can you take from somebody than their life over a mistake and, and get away with it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just mind blowing, man. And again, you know, to be clear, I, I, I don't bash cops. You know, I have cop family. I have cop friends, you know, um, but, but as a society, we have to, you know, if you, if, if you make mis if, if you're so, so here's, here's, I'm not a cop. Why am I not a cop? Because I had a lot of trouble in the street growing up. It made me nervous. It made me anxious. It made me a fearful individual, right? I'm a paranoid freaking guy. I walk, I walk the streets on edge all the time. It's my history. The, the violence I experienced made me that way. So I know I wouldn't be a good cop because I, I'm fearful. Now you put a fearful person in a position of authority and you give them a, 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 a life-taking weapon and somebody on the street challenges them, they might think, oh, that's that guy who used to pick on me. And they might, they might escalate things to a, you know, so I know this and I'm not a cop. You know, we need to examine this. Why did she reach for the wrong weapon? You know, the one who shot, yeah. um, why did that happen? How could you make that mistake? You know, um, did the situation even deem a weapon? You know, you have to look at this whole thing and then you say, you know, we got to, there's got to be consequences. I'm sorry. Thank you. You hit the nail on the head. So why is it that there isn't a process to determine what type of person is hired to be a police officer? Because like you said, to me, my impression is that a lot of folks who were bullied, who felt inferior or felt whatever. 
gratitude towards their profession. And then it's almost like payback. Like, no, I have a badge and a gun, so no, I get to flaunt my power and my authority. And that's not what it's about. They should be there to serve the public because our taxes pay. It's not, it's not free employment. So there should be some accountability is the bottom line. They shouldn't just be able to do whatever they want, which is what they've been doing. And then the system as it stands, the prosecutors on up shield these guys. That's what they do. That's what happened in my case. They asked me, they basically said, yeah, if you want us to drop your charges, then you, you can sign this general release agreeing to not sue the police officers and then we'll close your case. And my three charges were resisting arrest. There was no criminal charge that would justify them even engaging with me. There was a little like robbery or something that initiated the engagement with the cops because they were lying in the first place. So why is it that you ask me to sign a general release so I don't sue you asses in exchange for you dropping charges? Now, as a military member, you don't have the luxury of going to trial and doing all that because it affects your career, especially if you have a clearance, a military clearance, classified information. Well, then no, because I don't want this hanging over my head for years. So, okay, yeah, I'll sign the release. But that's not the way you should go down. Why? That's how they get you. They, they know that they, they come up with some trumped up charges. Oh, hit them with this one, hit them with this one. And then we'll just make this go away by making him sign this. You know, that's, that's what they do. And they do that to a lot of people. If you, it, it, and that goes into the whole uh, prison complex side of it. If, if, if you look at how many people are offered plea deals, um, in exchange for not going to trial or not following through on certain charges, they take them because even if they're innocent, cause they think that, you know, the system is rigged against them. So a lot of people get, get jacked up on the plea deals Hey, you have the potential. If we go to trial, you might be in prison for 20 years, but I tell you what, say you're guilty. No, you claim you didn't do it. Even if you didn't do it, say you're guilty, you'll do, um, six months community service and you, you, you know, uh, we'll, we'll let it go, but you'll be on probation or some crap like that. And people it's get scared. And it, yeah, it's still a Lord God when you're record, you get yeah. to live with that. And now it has worked. They just need to completely ruin any future employment. Or anything, you're trying to get yourself out of the swing. Not saying that everyone that gets arrested has committed a crime. Sure, there are there are criminals out there, but when the cops are making criminals out of thin air by arresting you and claiming that you resisted arrest and you do punches and them, and then there's no other crime that precipitated them engaging, right. then that suspect off the bat. It's like, why are you charging me with resisting arrest? Why did you try to arrest me in the first place? What did I do in the first place? And that's the kicker. They call it the trifecta. The, the trifecta because it's like resisting arrest. And it's like a felony version. There's a misdemeanor version resisting with violence. Every state has a different combination of what they are. But they're bullshit charges that they just stack onto you. 
like you said, to scare the shit out of you. So for me, you know, I was in my, in my twenties, I was in my late twenties. I didn't have the life experience I have now. Right. At least you're also, you know, you're also military, you, you know, you don't want to, you know, ruin your career, you know, then, and, and it's crazy that, uh, there's people out there that have the power to do that to us on a whim. And that's the issue. Why do these guys get so much power over the public without any accountability? Who are they? Why are they so special? Why do they get to just, a, a cop could just pull you over and claim that you did something. So now the body cams are a game changer because. Well, they're supposed to be. They're supposed to be, but guess what? They show one perspective that's neutral. They show a neutral perspective that neither you or I can interpret. We can interpret it as we see fit, but the video is the video. So I say it's a game changer because they have to find ways to try to justify themselves. They're arguing with the tape. Whereas in the past, there was no tape, there was no video evidence. So they could say whatever they wanted. And it's like, okay, take their word for it. But now there's video. So they use things like, well, the video doesn't show the whole story and this and that. And I agree to a degree, but it's different because the video shows compelling evidence that you can't ignore. And that, that's the issue, like with the George Floyd situation. Right. And even with that, even with it there, right in your face, there's people who, who make it a two-sided thing, you know, it's, it's bizarre. It doesn't matter what you, what you see, it could be clear as day and people will still take sides no matter what. They find yeah. some, they, they call, you know, mental gymnastics. You start <laughs> making up some random shit to justify your position. And bizarre man it's crazy i mean i i i i just have a a hard time thinking how somebody can't tell they're holding a taser or a gun i don't care how how stressed could she have been or or under the pressure that that was this kid like 20 years old yeah what could have been possibly happening at that moment that you're so scared or so confused or so angry or whatever that you mix the two up. Like I understand if we're in the middle of a shootout and you're running for cover and you're ducking and you're trying to like not get shot and then you reach and you accidentally grab the wrong one in the heat of that moment. I could kind of, I could, I could understand that conversation. It's like, well, you know, yeah, you know why we get a little confused, we get flustered or whatever, but you're stopping a 20 year old, right? I, I mean, what could have been happening in that situation that leads to that level of confusion? So I think, I think that a lot of those guys have been conditioned to believe that we're at the, at the bottom rungs of society. So no one's going to question what they do to us. No one gives a shit. So I'll give you an example with the Lieutenant, Lieutenant Nazario. If you watch that video, what did the cop assume about him? When he saw him in beautiful, he assumed that he was an E3 or an E4, a private or a specialist. 
or Corbin or something like that. He did not assume that he was a lieutenant because guess what? You don't assume that brown and black people are officers. They think we're at the bottom of everything. Meaning that when you assume that someone is at the bottom of the totem pole, you can also do whatever you want because no one else is going to be concerned with that person because they're not high ranking. They're not, and, and that right there shows the bias that that guy had. Because when you see the lieutenant respond, he's like, I'm a lieutenant. And it's like, believe it or not, there's actually lieutenants who are not white. There's other colors too. But when the cops approach you that way, assuming that you're at the bottom from the get-go, they're going to treat you a certain way. Because they have no, they're not hard for giving you. Yeah, they're not giving them that respect from the, from the get-go. Yeah. I mean, and what about all this support the troops stuff and, you know, um, patriotism and stuff, if that's how you treat your, the people serving your country. I mean, that's the other side, you know, the, the generally the individual who, um, defends the cops and attacks everybody else is a, a patriot and, uh, you know, uh, even the Trumpers, right? MAGA, make America great, blah, blah, Well, who does that? Your troops. So how, you know, that's how you treat your troops? Well, you know, the attack on the Capitol, you saw what they did to the cops there. Yeah. So yeah. it's hypocrisy, bottom line. It, it's respect the troops and the cops and all that. Unless that, they're giving us a hard time. If they're giving us a hard time, then fuck them. We don't cast you unless you're <laughs> against us. Then, you know, when I was in uniform, I, I encountered, um, some like racist slurs and stuff in Texas when I was in Wichita falls, you know? And, uh, I, I tell people, I say, you know, you guys say racism doesn't exist and all that, but you know, i I look pretty white. Right. So in terms of the degrees of abuse, you know, um, I'm probably towards the la lesser. Right. Cops generally don't stop me. Cops generally don't, you know, they, I mean, it happened when I was a kid and stuff, but I never got the crap beat out of me. I got, I got slammed on cars and I got roughed up, but I never, you know, I certainly never had a gun pulled on me or, or, uh, you know, got beat to a pulp or nothing, you know? So that's my Blanquito privilege, right? That, you know, I look how I look. You also have fair skin and you look blanquito, but you certainly look more Puerto Rican than I do. <laughs> you know, you know, you know what I mean? You have that, There's that yeah. you have that, you know, like, all right, you know, they might not, you know, treat you as bad as they treat one of, one of my, you know, one of our homies who's black or, or dark skin Latino, you know, um, but in, in the scale of it, they're probably going to come at you harder than they'll come at me. Right. Because you, you know, you, you, you just look like a, you look like a Boricua. There's no, you know, you know I look more Blanquito, you know, so, you know, they're like, we, we want to beat your ass, but you know, <laughs> you kind of, you look like my cousins. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah it kind of looks like one of my kids, you know, I actually had somebody say that to me. You look like my kid, get the fuck out of here, <laughs> you know, that, and I got a ticket. Like I didn't get, you know. I didn't get arrested or anything, you know, there's degrees, man. And, and people don't like to talk right. about it, but even, even looking how I looked people, you know, 
Um, not that I pretend to be white, right? Or not like I walk around pretending to be anything I'm not. But even looking how I look and and in uniform, mm-hmm. I had people like, boy, where are you from, boy? Yeah, because you don't look like, yeah, we don't like your kind around here, boy. You call me a Yankee. And they, they made, basically, I had to leave the establishment that I was at. Some, some, it was a tattoo parlor in, uh, in Wichita Falls, Texas. And after that, I just stayed on base. I didn't feel safe. Fucking four bears were, you know, bear looking motherfuckers, with, <laughs> you know, plaid shirts and shit. Like, I was, you know, you know, you from the Bronx. So you wanted a tough guy. And I'm like, nah, we're not, we're not going to get our asses kicked out here, man. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah, maybe so they'll never find you. Yeah. You know, and they're, they're armed, you know, that you could carry in Texas, That's you know, so. So there's no, you know, like I'm, I'm not stupid. You know what I mean? Like I just, I was like, Hey gentlemen, I'm just going to go on my merry way. You best do that boy. <laughs> okay. All right, man. Yeah. I just got the hell out of there. <laughs> I just stayed on base after that. I was like, there's nothing out there for me, man. You know, but what are you going to do? Yeah. You know, you know I'm going, I'm like, wanted to get a tattoo. It'll probably tattoo a freaking dick on my arm or something. You know, like, <laughs> You know, it's hard to sauce to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, better <laughs> flag. <laughs> we, 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 you want to draw that, that dolphin? Yeah, yeah, we got you. And, and, uh, you know, next thing you know, I have the, yeah, I have the Confederate flag on my back. You know? Yeah. <laughs> got the hell out of there and I got the hell out of there quick. Yeah. yeah stayed on base, you know? Probably just less than you did, man. But sadly, that's where we live. I don't think that. I have an experience. Most most times I've gone to different places throughout the country. It's been fine. I haven't experienced any craziness. Off the top of my head, I can't think of a time where I had people give me a super hard time. But it's always fucking. You know, there's always... You can sense when someone feels like he ain't from around here. You know, and they just... The way they interact with you, you can tell. They're just not comfortable with your presence. So it's just the name of the, yes. It's Mike, the little microaggressions you could perceive. And yeah, you know, no, but these guys straight up say, yeah, you wanted them Yankee boys. And I just, I see right. Rodriguez, right. You wanted them Yankee boys. I'm like, yeah, we don't much like you Yankees right here. I was like, All right, fellas. <laughs> That's right, boy. And, I, you know, I think calling me boy is not, you know, it's not a term of endearment. You know, you know what I mean? To start the relationship. You know? Yeah. And, yeah, no, I, I, I dipped, man. I, you know, and, and when I deal with cops, I'm very respectful, you know, um, always have been, um, you know, just, I mean, it's just kind of how I came up and stuff, but, um, uh, I see you know, I, I mean, I've encountered some pretty nasty ones. I, I was with my friends before too. And, uh, one of them was flashing a flashlight in my, my face for no reason. He just put it right in my face and just looking at me. Like he was trying to get me to defend myself and say something. Cause I, this guy wanted to, you know, I don't know why he just had it out for me. Like he, you know, he just wanted me to, you know, he's just like, you, 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 you doing any drugs? You doing any drinking? Like flashing it in my face. And I'm like, no, officer, uh, don't, don't do any drugs. Oh, you don't do any drugs? 
uh, I'll, let me be the judge of that and flashing it in my, you know, like he was trying to provoke me to get, and I just kept it cool, you know, like, like you can check anything you like. I'm, I'll comply, you know, like I just, you know, but, uh, you knew that guy wanted to, you know, like, like you're saying, you could tell he just wanted just blink, blink the wrong way. Give me a reason. Like, you know, that's the thing. So I would say most of my two out of three encounters from cops have been fine. Perfectly fine. Most of the time they're cool. I've even had them almost apologize for giving me a ticket. It's like, okay, you know, the coach is being it. Sorry, man. I got you on my, my device. Just too bad. But they're cool about it. They're not there. And I drive away thinking, well, it's fucking, you just gave me a $200 ticket and you're polite about it. So it's kind of funny, but in some cases I've experienced what you just described where they're just waiting. They're almost like egging you on to see if I can act. And then my one time where I actually got arrested where they beat the shit out of us, then that's the outlier. I don't think that happens all the time, but it shouldn't happen. Period. You shouldn't be able to just fuck somebody up just because you feel like it without that they're not judge and jury that's not their job that's not their place so and then and that's to protect themselves you know they give you the trumped up charges yeah and to shoot you you know and now it's you're you're biting the shit sandwich you're dealing with the situation and they go on their merry way some of these dudes are fucking assholes what i am saying is some people get tired of their shit so they go and act out like the, you, do you ever hear about that Navy veteran? His name was, um, Christopher Dorr. That's the black diesel, diesel black dude that just went on rampage and he was just killing cops left and right. He wrote a whole manifesto and all that. They killed him, right? They, of course they killed him. They, they let all grass up in like a yeah. cabin. By the time they finally caught him, he was arcaded in the cabin and yeah, shit went up in flames. So and his side of the him. story, you know, they didn't arrest him to get his side of the story. No, no, no. He's black, bro. <laughs> you know, he was no, not like FED or something. No, he gets killed. You know, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't get the escort to McDonald's and, you know, the, the gentle touch <laughs> that, uh, mass shooters and people like that get of other, uh, persuasions. So. <laughs> So people willfully close their eyes and they pretend that there isn't a problem. And I feel like they do that at their own peril. You want to, you want to choose to be blind, but then when people start acting out, you shocked. I mean, you can only abuse someone so much before they retaliate, mm -hmm. you know, and to be a completely honest, I'm surprised that it hasn't been worse than it is. I'm surprised that, you know, people in the families and stuff haven't, you know, reached that point. That's the definition of a blood feud. That's what happens in the Middle East, Central Asia. You do some shit to my family. So now I'm going to do some shit to your family. And then it keeps on going. Oh. And they, they like the, the Hatfields and McCoys. I'm sure you heard of that. My Kentucky. Those two families, they will fight forever, for generations. Killing each other, shooting each other. Name sounds familiar. Yeah, the name sounds familiar. I, I can't recall where I heard it, but yeah, it sounds familiar. But I mean, I, it drives me crazy to see people get away with things like that. 
And it's not like it's just a bad mistake. It's a life-ending mistake. You took, you take someone's life from them. You take away a family member. You know, like I don't even like to think about that shit, man. Like it's it's horrific. It's 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 wrong. There's it's that simple. It's wrong. And who are they to do that to people? To families? Yeah, and 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 no. No, there's no repercussions. You're all good. It's messed up, man. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, bro, that's cool. I'm, I'm, oh, like I said, I'm always glad to chat with you. It's always entertaining. Good. Just good to catch up, bro. Cool, brother. All right, bro. All right, man. Good day. Catch you. <laughs> I'll see you, bro. All right, suave. You are listening to the NYC Talking Podcast www.nyctalking.com Please like NYC Talking on Facebook. Please follow Angel R. Talk on Twitter and Instagram. We are NYC Talking, the realest lifestyle blog ever. Thanks for listening.